Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Life on the Bridal podcast. On the show this week, we'll be delving into the handicaps. As ever, I'm your host, Will, whilst Jack and Josh are with me as usual. Folks, get excited because the countdown is well and truly on. At the time of recording, we have less than a week to go until we hear that famous Cheltenham roar. The previews are upon us like a flock of seagulls at some chips and the tension is palpable. Chaps, how are you feeling? Absolutely fantastic. Less than a week away, roll on the big day. Yeah, very excited, looking forward to it. Can't wait to go on the Friday for Gold Cup Day. Um, all four days, that's with spectacular days of racing. Weather seems like it's going to be reasonable for all four days, so bring it on. Chaps, we're six days away now, I suppose, at time of recording. What is standing out to you right now as the moment you're most looking forward to? The Raw. That's it. The Raw. The Raw. <laughs> for the, uh, for the Supreme is off and you just hear... The Supreme is off. The, 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 the week is upon us. We've got 28 races to look forward to. Wow. Get excited. Jack, same for uh, you? Um, I'd say the Midlands National at Oxford on Saturday. <laughs> That's my highlight of next week. Um, no, you won't, you won't be having a punt in that. <laughs> in all seriousness, I would say Constitution Hill is something to really look forward to. That could be incredible. Um, I've said before I like the stairs hurdle. I think that could be a great race, dependent on um, some injury news. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, and I think I'll say the Gold Cup as well. I think there are some good horses in there. Could be a really competitive race. Just go for it. Can't wait. Gold Cup, is it the best race of the week? Potentially. We'll see. We'll see. Not necessarily, not necessarily in how competitive it is, but just in the aura that the race has. Oh, oh what, mm, it should be. It definitely has been in years gone by at the moment. We'll see. I can only decide that after the race, I'm afraid. I mean, you've got some really, really competitive races in there. The Gold Cup does look really, really exciting this year. But so does the Stayers Hurdle. So does the Mayor's Hurdle. So it just waits to see what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's going to be really, really exciting whatever happens in those races. But those are three races in particular, I'd say, are going to be amazing. Excellent. So, chaps, news from the racing world about Blazing Carl. Um, some worrying news potentially for punters. Jack, could you expand on that? So, um, after having a really lengthy absence, uh, Blazing Carl returned to the, the scene with a pretty effortless, dominant victory in the Boyne Hurdle over in Ireland uh, a few weeks ago. And But it's since come out, uh, Charles Byrne, who's involved with the horse, has revealed he's got a really nasty cut. Um, and I think he's quoted as saying he's less than 50-50 to go to the festival. So after a horse, he was he, gradually people have bought into him in the anti-post markets, got down to five, five to two. Um, that's the shortest price I've seen. Currently still about that level, I think, because if people, I think people think if he goes, he wins. I would say he's still got a pretty good chance, even if he does go. But he's doing a really, he's doing a crucial piece of work at the end of this week, and that's going to decide whether they go or not. I think it'd be re- a real shame for the race if he doesn't go, because he's probably the standout contender. But there's still quality in the race. Will it be the same? Perhaps not. I think a lot of bit too much is being read into other pieces of form from some of the other horses. So that's what we know. Fingers crossed he makes it. I usually with news like this, it's it's not a good sign. But fingers crossed. Josh, you're on. 
basically, Carl, Carl, you're a big fan. Does this make you slightly worried? It does a little bit, but it's not a massive bet. So it, that that's the risk you take with anti-post punting. It could be like a couple of years ago where um, Shaq and Paul Soir and Altior got pulled out of the champion chase pretty much on the morning. So, it, you know, it, it just... It's a risk you take. You, you're often getting a bigger price when you're punting. I got 13 to 1 on Blazing Cow, I think. Um, probably could have got a little bit more if I'd been a little bit more proactive. But 13 to 1, am I willing to take the chance he doesn't get there, given that I thought if he got there, he probably was the likely favourite? Absolutely, I'm willing to take that chance. If he loses, if he doesn't get there, that's fine by me. So hopefully he gets there. But it did look a nasty cut, so hopefully he's all right. Yeah, these traders are often quite canny operators. Uh, the cynic in me would, would always suggest perhaps these things might be a little bit overblown just to see if the price could go out a little bit. But that's the cynic in me. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully everything's OK. Um, we also had a big race at Kelso, the Moor Battle Hurdle. Josh, what happened there? Yeah, really good race. Um, they went quite hard. The uh, anti-post favourite McTeague was absolutely nowhere at all. Uh, Colonel Mustard, the horse I fancied for the race, ran really, really well. But a horse that's well known for only ever finishing second and staying on late at the finish, Benson, came through absolutely flying in the final furlong and one going away, to be honest. Really, really nice performance. Now, there's a bonus available for the horse that wins that race if it then goes on to win at the Cheltenham Festival. And Benson has currently entered in both the Coral Cup and the Martin Pipe. So it remains to be seen which race he's going to go for, but whichever one he does, definitely keep an eye out for him because Connections are going to be trying very hard to see if they can take home that £100,000 bonus. But really, really exciting race at Kelso at the weekend. Yeah, that bonus was, of course, won by the Shunter a couple of years ago. Horse I had a lot of time for. And I suppose, and that's part of the reason why so many punters, I don't know why they would, got involved with McTeague. Maybe not on the day, but certainly in the anti-post market for a certain Doodles race. I don't know who would do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, same, same connections, you know. The, the thought process is there. They're clearly going to want to take a bit of that bonus. You know, it's £100,000 after all. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah, Emmett Mullins, he knows how to win a race. Um, okay, right, chaps, let's get into it. Handicaps, Cheltenham, excitement, woohoo. Um, We'll start with the, we'll just get into it straight away. So the first handicap of the week, the ultimate handicap chase, three miles on the Tuesday. I've got quite a, quite a nice fancy in this one, but we'll go to Josh first. He can uh, list the stats off for us. Yeah, so three mile, one furlong, handicap chase. Often the British farewell in this race. Ten of the past 13 winners had run at Cheltenham earlier in the same season. We've also got nine of the past 11 gears wearing headgear. And for those of you that don't know what headgear is, that's kind of an aid a horse might wear on its uh, on its head area to help it out during a race. You've got things like a tongue tie, which help with the breathing. Cheek pieces will often help a horse to run further ahead in the race. And you've got things like a visor and blinkers that will help focus the horse's mind on the road ahead rather than the horses and the crowd to the outside. And we've also got five of the last nine winners were novices. So a novice, a horse that hasn't won a race prior to the current season. Very nice. Thank you very much. Uh, Jack, the Ultima. Can't say I have a strong opinion, I'm afraid. Um I'll just look at the top of the market. Um, people, Korak uh, Rambler, potentially to do it again. I'm not sure. I don't want to be superstitious, but winning a, a big handicap like this two years in a row, I, I tend to steer clear. Could do it, though. Good horse, consistent horse. Um, what do we think about Remasters? Is Remaster going to go here? I'm not sure if he is, but if he does, it will only be en route to the National. That's the main aim for Remastered. So I wouldn't have thought, even if he does go, he'd be fully wound up for it. So I'd be steering a little bit clear of him. A um, couple the of angles I found. Goffer, it. maybe? Potentially, yeah. So the, go- the golfer's a novice, so he fits that statistic. And he won a really, really nice race at Leopardstown 
at the Dublin Racing Festival. He's gone up in weight for that. A lot of people were fancying him for a different race, the Kim Muir before that, but he's now gone above the top rating you need to get into the Kim Muir. So he 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 could eke out a little bit more improvement for the extra distance, but I certainly think there are more likely winners than the Goffer. Um, I've been looking at my statistics, and I think Lord Accord has a really, really good chance in this. Now, he doesn't really fit the novice stat, because he's not a novice, and he doesn't fit um, the headgear stat. But what he does fit is that he has run at Cheltenham earlier this season. He's won at Cheltenham earlier this season. So I think he really, really likes the track. I don't think necessarily people have been hard on him since. He ran down the field in the old Hennessy at Newbury in November, but he was taken on by Bustleton for the lead that day. So he did have a little bit of a difficult time getting his own way out in front. And I think if he was left alone, he'd probably have finished a lot closer to... Um, to the pace, but he's been he's been lined up by running in the Cleve Hurdle, and the Cleve Hurdle was a hurdles race. But what's interesting is that this is a route that Neil Mulholland, who's uh, Lord Accord's trainer, has used to prepare the horse a horse for the ultimate before. And the last time he did that, he won. So I I think Lord Accord at about twelve fourteen to one is quite a good bet in this. Well, I am a big fan of Lord Accord as well. I think you can actually still get 16s in some places. Uh, one, di- one course and distance. That's always a big thing for me. Trends, trends are there. You can, you can like them or loathe them. Records are always there to be broken, but I think good rating, you know, knows the course. It came second to Frodon. Lord Accord for me. The uh, only other the- one I thought might have a chance down the betting was Edith Oscar, who tends to run from the front, which suits the Ultima does wear headgear and has run and won at Cheltenham earlier in the season as well. Really interesting race, though. Righto. The Boodles. Two-mile juvenile hurdle. I know it's a race that Josh has a lot of time for. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've got no... I don't have a particular problem with this race. I, 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 don't, I don't mind watching the, the young ones that may be a bit more unpredictable, so it's uh, all a bit of fun. Josh... Then, yeah, here we go. Not not so many stats in this race. Um, it tends to be a race that goes to horses that began their career in France. So that's not especially a surprise to anybody. And um, six of the past 12 winners ran in a grade one or a grade two earlier in the season. So it tends to go to the horses that have run behind better horses who might be going for the juvenile triumph race and might then go a little bit unnoticed and get in with a slightly lower weight than normal. Jack, have you got a fancy here? Uh, I did have a, I do have a couple. Um, probably will be saying did have a couple because I don't think they're going to run. I had Nuzret, who won uh, recently at the week, a uh, couple of weekends ago, and I had Bo Zenith, who is, well, the, the British don't really have a strong... Uh, novice hurdling division at the moment. Um, I mean, we might not even the British might not even have a horse in the Triumph, um, but it doesn't look like both Zenith's g- going to go to the Boodles either. So I would have had those two, but I don't feel like it. And I should be uh, <clears throat> sharing information with people um, based on that because I don't think they're going to run. So not really anymore. No strong fancy for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, in- interesting you should mention Bo Zenith because the horse that I fancy is one who ran down the field against Bo Zenith last time. It's not a strong fancy by any means, but the horse I fancy is Affidil, um, trained by Paul Nichols. Now, Paul Nichols has got a really, really good record in this race. He's trained three winners of it. Uh, the horse fits the began the career in France stat and was really, really well fancied on its last start, actually. But Paul Nichols' horses, I think he would have left the horse a little bit short for the race. And I think he'll have Affidil really, really tuned up for this race. And at 20 to 1, I, I think it's worth a very small bet. 
I think that's uh, I think Appadil's decent shout. Uh, you look at the the market leader Takao came third in the Spring Juvenile Hurdle, beaten by Losty Mouth and Gala Masso with um, Leopardstown. I mean, he's got, it have, I think Takao would have a decent with a decent chance in the trial, not a big one, but a decent one. Uh, if you um, but the one horse I've been looking at, not a big, not a massive fancy, but a, but a certain fancy is Sir Allen. But uh, I think you get eight or nine to one. It's uh, one, 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 one a fair few races. Came second to Blood Destiny at Cork. Has uh, beat a uh, what ran, ran a race. Tends to be good form that. Yeah, yeah. Ran, a, ran a race. Ran a race at Nace where it beats uh, a lot of horses that are relatively strong in the market. Morning Soldier, Biker, Jazzy Matty, um, and has obviously gone up in the weights, but it's not giving up too much. I think Sir Allen at nines is a fairly decent shout. The Coral Cup. The Coral Cup. This is a race where one of us here may have a particular yeah. <laughs> interest. Away, away uh, you go, Josh Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I I do own a hair, shall I say, of a certain Watch House Cross who will probably be running in this race. Um, probably also going to be ridden by Rachel Blackmore. So there is that Rachel Blackmore Cheltenham factor there as well I, I think he will be in front at the bottom of the hill for those of you that don't know Cheltenham you go uh, up a hill when you come to the finish line but before you do that you go down the hill down the back and I think he'll be in front at the bottom of the hill whether he'll be in front at the top of the hill remains to be seen whether Rachel's managed to save enough petrol but we'll we'll see I'm hopeful um I mean the, the Coral Cup is a race that has tended to go to front runners in the past the the old course, which is the course that the first two days of the festival is run on. For those of you that don't know, Chatham's got two courses. It's got the old course and it's got the new course. The first um, two days are run on the old course, the second two on the new course. The new course tends to be a bit more of a galloping track, whereas the old course is a bit sharper and tends to suit those front runners more. So I'm I'm very hopeful. Another horse I also thought had a chance was HMS Seahorse. Um the Coral Cup tends to to go to a horse that has potentially run at Cheltenham before and finished in the first four. So it goes to a horse who likes the track. So I, I would say that's probably quite a confident pick as well. Yeah, I like H I like <clears throat> I like HMS Seahorse, fourth in the Boodles last year. Uh, one at Nav- um, Navan, rated one three two then, now one four three, but there are plenty at a bigger weight. Uh, I, I think I think HRSC also is a decent shout. I'm not massive on it, but I think it's a very decent shout. It's also a race that tends to go to a horse that hasn't run that many times over hurdles. 18 of the last 22 winners had run nine times or less over hurdles. But Jack, what do you think about this? I am, I think like a lot of people, very keen on Camp Rond, um in the JP Manless Colours. I don't really like having a bet on favourites in these big handicaps, despite what I may uh, be known for. <laughs> um, again, I don't really have a particularly strong opinion. I did actually have a strong opinion on York Sea to, to win at Cheltenham last year, but it didn't end up running. Um, can't say I've had it in any sort of tracker this year, though. So I'm, I'm afraid, once again, for me, no real strong opinion. Although Camprond, I will say, could potentially be very well handicapped, and the quality he that he possesses could he could be miles ahead of everyone else here. I've backed Camprond every start he's had this season, and I think due to the price and due to the amount of people who've been latching onto him, we're going to have to desert him. So it does mean he probably will win. <laughs> I I remember on trials day. I think Josh and I we were both on Campron, weren't we? Yeah. It didn't end didn't, didn't but, end too well. But um, but then again, I I did have um, a sizable bet on Campron to win at Punchestown last season, so he's more than paid for himself. Seven to seven to one now. Very very sure. I'd say I'm not sure there's much value in that, especially as he's not the best jumper. No, it might be one of those where on the day, if there's a real feeling for Camp Rondo, you know, if, 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 it's, if it's relatively dry, then it could be time to, to smash in. Um, righto, move on. The Grand Daniel. This is, of course, the race that uh, Mr. Jack Holden ranked as his favourite of the Cheltenham handicaps last week. So we'll start, we'll, we'll hand over to him to start off with. Um, 
what what here tickles your fancy? Well, I do have a strong fancy here. Um, I am on a horse called Molestic. So, looking at all the trends over the last however many years, 10, 12 years, I, from my research, he hits all bar one of them. Now, so eight, so nine of the last 12 winners were aged between seven and nine. He is. Uh, two of the last 12 winners were favourites. Uh, three of the 12 were in the top three in the betting. Nine, 12 winners were priced 10 to one or bigger. Uh, he fits that currently. He's over, he's at 14 to one. Uh, when it comes to the last run, two of the 12 winners won on their last run before the Grand Annual, and nine of the 12 winners have had their last run within the last 92 days. So another box tick there. The one which does worry me is the previous course form. So what the, what the, the trends suggest, 10 of 12 winners had at least one previous one run at Cheltenham, which it's had. Five of 12 winners had at least one previous win at Cheltenham. So, it's had a run at Cheltenham, did not finish the race. So, that is the only thing which I am worried about. Apart from that, every other trend, you can you can keep going here. Um, the rating, it fits fits the um, the rating of, has um, had a rating of 1 through 8 or higher. Season form, 10 to 12 wins had at least three previous runs that season. Four twelve wins had at least one win that season. You know, it goes on and on. Whether the Cheltenham form is something that you're really keen on, I usually am. But considering how many of the trends it hits, I'm willing to take a risk here. I think fourteen to one could still be a backable price. Now there is there is one trend which I'm I'm not sure is hitting as well. Another one. And that is that 10 of the last 14 winners were novices or second season chasers. I'm not sure what, what you'd say Melistic is, because this is actually his, his third year chasing, but yeah. he, did, he did have one he's of been, those years mainly yeah. off. He's mixed and matched, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. That's, I, I can brush over that. That's, that's far less of a worry than the Cheltenham form for me. Um, whether you're willing to take a chance like I am is up to you. It's yeah. interesting. I've just, I've just, I've just been looking through the markets. I've seen Melistic best price twenty five to one. That's not That's... like you, Jack. Not like you at all. <laughs> no, I know. I yeah, I've, I've, I've got on a, a reasonable price. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna do something you wouldn't expect of me as well. I, I'm gonna say the favourite. <laughs> The current favourite is the best pick in this race. <laughs> um, I, I think Orkham Riss has a fantastic chance. Uh, it's a race that tends to go to front runners. Orkham Riss will go from the front. It's it's not a race where it tends to go to a horse who's one of the bottom weights, and Orkham Riss certainly isn't going to be anywhere near the bottom of the weight. He's currently in at number 10. He'll probably be number 7 on the day. I think he'll go well. He might not win. But I think he is almost certain to place if he runs to the same form as he has done. Yeah, I I quite like. I mean, I I'm, this is a race. This is a race where I've got a very very weak opinion, and it's almost not even an opinion. But I, I'm relatively interested by Saint Segal, um, and that's not just because of the name for, for Tom Segal. There, uh, I, I just think he, I think he's got a decent record on him, and I think he's got a good chance. But is it, an old, is it an older horse you're backing? <laughs> I know what you're referring to there. Uh, for the, for, I won't. I won't even indulge our listeners. Uh, they don't. They don't even need to know. Um, right. Okay. Well, should we move on to the potemps? Unless anyone's got anything else to say about the Grand Daniel? Bring on. Bring on the potemps. Go for it. Bring on the potemps. An interesting race. Uh, seen some people be quite critical of it on some of the preview shows. Uh, Josh, the stats man, hit us. If you want a winner in the Potemps, Gordon Elliott is a man to follow. He wins this race a lot. He won it with Delta Work. He won it twice with Side de Burley. Well, was one of them uh, technically a uh, Denise Foster win? <laughs> Sneezy. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was, actually. But, um, you know, 
he's got a very good record in the race, so it's really, really hard to look away from his runners, especially when you see the prominent positions they are in the market. He's got Maxim in at eight to one. He's got the bosses Oscar in at eight to one. Salvador Ziggy in at nine to one. It's clearly a race that he targets. But another key stat is that nine of the last 11 winners had run 10 times or less over hurdles. So it is a race that tends to go to unexposed horses, a bit like the Coral Cup. And as there's a very key bit of form in here that brings a few of these horses together. You've got the, a race at Cheltenham earlier in the season at the October meeting, and it was won by Shoot First. Botox has was second, and he went on to win a valuable race at Haydock on his next start versus Getatonic, who certainly hasn't disgraced the form since that was a really, really good race. In third, you had a horse called Antayer, who is trained by John Joe O'Neill, and Salvador Ziggy, the aforementioned Gordon Elliott horse, was in fourth. Now, Salvador Ziggy, at first glance at that race, looked like a horse to follow from it. Kind of did everything right and only just tired in the final strides. On reflection, Antayer is the horse I've actually ended up backing. Now, he's, he's shortened a fair bit now, as people have cottoned on. But about a week ago, Antayer was uh, was trading at 20-1 to 1 and uh, Salvador Ziggy at 8-1. to 1, And I just thought, that was the wrong price. So I, I did actually have a little bit on Antayer. Um, not, not normally a race that I'm most keen on, but that is what I think. <laughs> Josh, you've, you've taken the words out of my mouth. You've literally said exactly what I was going to. But, um, but yes, uh, Jack... Up attempts. Um, I've ended up. I, I this this race frustrates me. I'm not don't have a particular record. Um, so I've gone with the former trainer. I've gone with Gordon Elliott, and I've ended up with level never ending. Um, don't particularly have a massive. I'm not going to mean. I'm not tipping this up. This is the one I've ended up on. So level level never ending here for the former trainer. Gordon Elliott, who's won three of the last five renewals. Um, potentially, Davy Russell on board. Mate, I can't. I don't know about that. Could be going elsewhere. Um, he's the form rider, ridden three winners and a second in the last six years. No jockeys won it more. That's really where I've ended up. Some decent form as well with some good horses. But that's certainly not a strong from me. I will say actually another thing for uh, Ontario is tra- trained by John Joe O'Neill who's won this race officially more than anybody else. So yes, he has yeah. indeed, yeah. So that is um I think that's uh, another another tick in the box for Ontario. And yeah, you can still get a price, four, four, you can still four, get a double figure price too. Four wins in the race, but hasn't hasn't won it since twenty thirteen. No, no, but if you know how to do it, you know how to do it. That's how I see it anyway. Um, anybody got anything else to say on the Potemps or should we move on to the plates? Mm. We're moving on to the plates uh, race. This is actually, if we go back to what we said about the Moor Battle, this is indeed the race that the Shunter won a couple of years ago to claim that £100,000 bonus. Uh, so Scottish is a big favourite here. What's going to beat him, Josh? I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, Emmett Mullins is a genius. And so Scottish could very well um, do this. But, you know, I, I would be interested in Balco Coastal if he goes here. Um, the stats say that horses who have been contesting graded races um, do tend to do well in this race. In fact, the past seven winners had contested a graded novice hurdle or novice chase. And Balco Coastal has done just that. But Il Rodoto is also of an interest to me. Um, I was really impressed by his win at Cheltenham last time out beating Fugitive, who I did fancy that day quite heavily. A little bit disappointed to get beaten that day, but really, really good performance from Il Rodoto in the end. And that's a really, really good performance, despite the fact that um, there was a massive whip ban for um, that, which we won't mention heavily. But I, I, I think it's not a race where I've got a strong opinion. I think if either of those two horses were to turn up, I think they'd go very well and would be in with a chance coming down to the last fence. Yeah, um, 
Ilvedoto is another one that I had a, a bit of fancy on. It's got seven pounds on uh, Adamantly Chosen. Um, six on stage start, Jack. So Scottish. So Scottish. Yeah, so yeah, McMullin sort of. I think he's going to do it again. I think it's been campaigned really well. I there are some some, some quality horses have entries have an entry in this race. Uh, I doubt many of them are going to end up here. Um, so Scottish definitely will, and I'd say it's a, not going to say it's a pretty sure thing, but few horses will have been campaigned better than so, so Scottish. I would say just a little shout out to Fast or Slow. Uh, good, decent record at Cheltenham. It's been a little bit hampered this year because of the races had to had to run in. Because it won, because it won a race back in back a few years ago in France. So I think only only lost by twenty one lengths to Gallop and the Champ, which you know in the grand <laughs> scheme of things is not too bad. So I think Fast or Slow is uh, is 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 worth potentially an each way bet if you were into that thing. Okay, let's move on. Kim, you another. Big short price favourite, um, Stumptown. Uh, is there anything here that can beat Stumptown? Absolutely. Oh, go go. Uh, for, I, I again, I've got not much of an opinion. I'm afraid. <laughs> Look, this this is a whore. This is a race that tends to go to novices. The winners tend to be rated one thirty seven through to 143 and again Gordon Elliott has that strong record in this race he loves the Thursday at the festival really Gordon um I am very keen on Dunboyne in this race a horse that I was kicking myself for not backing last time out when he went down to carefully selected and actually I'll be honest I was quite glad he didn't win that day because I would have been fuming had he had he won at 25 to 1 under a great ride from Sam Ewing over at Goran Park in that Tiestes chase. But it's a really, really good bit of form. Carefully selected was a horse that was thought to be really, really good a couple of years ago. He's only just been coming back to it, been running really well. And the fourth, Coco Beach, has gone on to win since. Albeit, you might say, fortunately, when the favourite um, unseated rider a few out, but won, won the Grand National Trial at Punchestown really, really well. And Dunboyne is a novice. He's Gordon Elliott trained. He's in the correct rating. He fits all of the stats. And at 10 to 1 is a good bet. Interesting. I, I, I look at this race and I, 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 I can only see Stumptown, I'm afraid. I just think really impressive wins at Turles and, and Sandown. Going off one, 135, um, £6. Dunboy is giving Stumptown £6. Barry O'Neill is being booked. I mean, that's a, that's a good, that's a good booking. And Gavin Cromwell is, a, is another canny operator. So I've been looking at Stumptown. The price, though, is not one that excites me at the moment. But on the day, if there is a bit of drift, which I doubt there probably will be, um, then potentially might, I might get involved. We'll, we'll, I can't see really past Stumptown. We'll move on to the county hurdle. We're on to the Friday. It's Gold Cup day. There's excitement. We would have just had the triumph. We're into the county. Um, Josh here. What's what? What are you looking at here? The trend? <laughs> well, well, you, you, you really, and this is going to come as no surprise to some of you. You're looking for Willie Mullins' horses. Six of the last thirteen winners were from Willie Mullins. It's a race on the Friday. The Friday tends to go to the Irish trained horses as well. They beat a seven nil last year. And I think it's 19-2 in the last three seasons. So really, really um, Irish-dominated day. Um, 18 of the last 22 winners were novices or second-season hurdlers. State Man was a novice last year when he won it. You've got the fact that 18 of the last 24 winners were aged 5 or 6. And 13 of the past 17 winners were rated in the 130s. So... After all those really, really confident stats, the right thing to do is to tip up a horse who is not Irish at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Soul Icon. Oh, are, you yes. sure, are you sure about that, Josh? I am. I mean, as it stands, he won't get into the race. 
Uh, there you go. Oh, there you go, listeners. Rate, rated 127. Uh, that would have got you in once in the last 10 years. Uh, this is, this is however, incisive analysis. However, he is entered in the Imperial Cup at Sandown on Saturday. And were he to win, he would pick up a £5 penalty, rating him 132 and would be likely to get into the race. And I think that's the plan. He won't run at Sandown if the ground is not good. That is the only caveat. But I have actually um, backed him to do the double at 100 to 1. Well, there you go. There you go. You heard it here first, listeners. A horse that's uh, currently not going to be in the race is going to win the race. Um, I jest, I jest, I jest. Uh, Jack County, who's going to win it for you? Well, unfortunately, Josh doesn't really mean any of what he's just said. Um because he really thinks Jim Coco is going to win the race. Um, he won't say it to you live. But no, 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 no. I, I will say it. I, I made the case for Jim Coco <laughs> several weeks ago. Uh, I then proceeded to not back it myself because I was worried that, um, that, that, that the Betfair hurdle was the main target and was missed. So I thought, oh, I better not back it. And all of a sudden the price is uh, under half of what it was. <laughs> So, uh, gone from 20s to about 8s across the board. I think that's probably a fair price. I think it's incredibly well handicapped. Got a rating 135. Um, what do we look at? Really, really strong form. Uh, first, second, um, since March last year. First, second, first, second again. The form with I like to move it has worked out really well. Exactly. Um Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I am going to have to back Jim Coco, I think, because I had an anti-post bet on Jim Coco at 14 to 1 for the Great Wood and went off favourite. I thought turning for home, Jim Coco had it. I was there. I was gutted. You were going to have to have be really, really smart, really sharp. To, if I like to move, it has a re- as a strong performance in the champion hurdle, which I definitely think, considering Constitution Hill will win, State Man will finish second. There's still some big prize money to come, and I think it's a toss up between Vauban and I like to move it for third place, and that's some big prize money. And for some owners who don't, I don't believe they have uh, m- had much recent success at Cheltenham. That's a huge, a third place could be a huge pot for them. So, I like to move it. Uh, if he does well in the champion hurdle, Jim Coco will be four, fours, fives. We'll see. There'll be a lot of money for it. The only, the only potential problem is with Jim Coco. It's been, what, five and a half lengths in that hurdle was giving £11. No, no. <laughs> I like to move it was giving Jean Coco eleven pounds, and there was a potential. So there was a quite a bit of disparity there. And was there is there a worry that Jean Coco might just not like the hill in the finish? But that's that was my only worry. I think that I, th- I still think it's very a fair, really decent. Very, shout. very fair comment. Very fair comment. And after, after laughing at me for picking a non-Irish trained horse, you have picked a non-Irish trained horse, Harry Fry. Yes. Um, yeah, Jim Coke is uh, decent. I'll be really interested to see how Sharjah goes here. I mean, you you, you don't you know set twice has come second in the champion hurdle. Could we'll obviously could, be going. Could off. be a fair, could be a fairy tale. This it could be a yeah. great send off. I I would yeah. love it if Sharjah wins. Those of you that know me know that he is one of my favourite horses. I would love it. And clearly, just just has enormous quality. But the question is, will the weight and just the years potentially get to them. I don't know. Pembroke is another interesting one, but I mean, not particularly big price. So I wouldn't get to, I'm not too excited about that, but those are the three horses that I'd be interested in most in this race. Um, and then we come along to the final handicap of the week. It is well, the final race of the week. We've had highs. We've had lows. It's the Martin pipe. Josh feed us. 
Well, another race where you're going to fare well if you haven't really run too many times and you're a little bit unexposed. 12 of the last 14 winners had run eight times or less over hurdles. Six of the last eight winners were novices and were trained in Ireland. And of course, it's Friday. So four of the last 12 winners were trained by Willie Mullins. Well, there you go. Um, Jack, the Martin Pipe. Um, a small fancy for me, firm footings, had some form confirmed this week with, I cannot for the life of me uh, pronounce it, uh, who, the rich, richy horse, Huransu Dairy. So came second again this week. Um, so I'm going for firm footings on that basis. Uh, I don't particularly get involved in this until close to the time, probably on the day. Um, just a note for people who are looking at the antipost market. Spanish Harlem is still being uh, put up as an antipost favourite for this race. Will not run. So I, I, I think it's more than fair enough for, to ask the bookmakers to, you know, don't let the, don't let customers get their money tied up. Um, in, in the off chance that it does run, be fair, take it off the market because it's, it's not going to run. Josh, did you have a fancy here? You gave us the stats. What what backs up those stats? No idea. It's a race where you you've probably got no idea what runs in it until you see who's declared for the Coral Cup on the Wednesday. So one one to wait for Monday, see what's declared, see what's left. And work it out from there. I mean, Caldwell Construction have a very strong hand in this. You mentioned uh, Firm Footings. Caldwell, uh, they're, the, they're the owners. Um, they've also got Safara, who's one I went through and seemed to fit a few of the trends. But imagines the one Gordon Elliott's put up as his best pick in the race. It could go to anything, really. I mean, what what do you think about Benson's chances after that um, that win in the Moore battle at the weekend? Do you think if he went here, he'd have a chance? Um, I've I've always stood clear of Benson. He's he's just such a conundrum. You just don't know what you're going to get. And I think if he's had one big run in that, this season, what we saw in the Moor battle was probably that. The threat, though, is that you get sucked in with that, that that idea that you don't get you you get sucked in by what happened with the Shunter a couple of years ago, and then you just think, oh, well, Benson's running. He's got that motivation. I'm not sure. I mean, the horse doesn't know. So let's be honest. Um. Yeah, in this, uh, I again is a race that I just like to get involved in on the day. It's very I, I, most of these I'll be getting involved on the day to be honest. Um, cool, cool survivor interests me. San Salvador maybe, but we'll see. We'll see what happens on the day. And that, listeners, is the handicap preview review complete. Uh, I hope you found something there to take forward into the week. We're excited. So moving on then, it's time for a segment where we hand over to Jack, where he can ask Josh and I a taxing question related to this festival. Jack, it's over to you. What have you got for us? So I thought a fun idea, uh, looking at the Antipost Marcus Curry and our own uh, thoughts on what's going to win the 28 races next week. You two, what owner, which owner do you think has the strongest chance of landing a Cheltenham Festival double. Oof. Oof. Right. Oh, oh, shall I go first? I'll go first. I'm gonna. I've, <laughs> there are the obvious ones. I think. I think anti-post betters will be will be desperate for someone just to go. Well, oh, JP, JP. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with. Contrary to actually what I think is going to happen, but I think it's very, very likely still, I'm going to go with Simon Neer with El Fabiolo and Imperic Pass. Oh, You know what? I think oh. that's a very good shout. I think that's a very, very good shout. Oh, I can't believe this. Where does well, this go? Well, they've, this they've, go they've, they've, they've also got the outside chance of Blue Lord in the champion chase, don't they? Uh, um, I'm not so keen. See, when, when push comes to shove, when his when his punts when his punts are on the line, he can't do it. <laughs> no, 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 well, do it. no. That is a really, really, really good suggestion. 
I, I say as I say it. Sure, I, will, however, I will also... However, I think... And again, Jack, you're probably not going to like this. The Donnellys have a great chance. The Donnellys have a great chance. They've got Shishkin. Yeah. And they've got Gallard Dumenil. Now, I know you don't like Gallard Dumenil, nor do I. But, you know, he's got a chance. But they've also got City Chief. They've got Ramillies. Yeah. I don't think City Chief is running. Is he not? Is he not? I, well, got, I, I, I think Romilius has got a really good chance if he goes to the Brown Advisory. Romilius is a better horse than Garden Manil. I, mm. I, I, I'm convinced by that. Garden Manil is an absolute boat. Does not go, you know, <laughs> get out of fourth gear. Um, now, whether you need that to win the National Hunt Chase is another, you know, well, another yeah. question. But I don't think he's got a turn of foot. I mean, well, the reason I wouldn't go with the Donnellys is purely because I would potentially have Gail Dumanil as my lay of the Tuesday. Uh, that's what I would look at. What The one I would potentially be going as kind of what my second, maybe as my saver, would be, I know Jack's a big fan, <laughs> would be Barry Connell with the Marine oh, no. Good Land double. No. <laughs> oh, this is me. Oh, I can't stand this. You, 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 you must regret asking this question now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's got a great chance as well. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon if I ask who's got the best chance at a treble, he'd still say Simon Winnear and Isaac Swell as well. <laughs> oh, um, uh, no, uh, very, uh, look, I I feel a lot of um, there's been a lot of media hype for a Marine National and um, rightly so. Good good land, uh, good land in particular. I, I really, I, I think uh, some. Irish grade races are massively um, overhyped. Uh, Barry Connell's very confident. Yeah, well, great. I'd be really confident if I had two runners at Cheltenham. They could be a hundred to one, and I'd still be confident. <laughs> I'd still, tr- I'd still try and sell you a dream. I'll, what, I'll, what, tell, what you, about, I'll tell you. What about Jiggins Town? They've got Delta Work. He's he's quite likely to go in. Have they got something else that could I, potentially? I, I, I can't. Cool survivor. I can't see anything else from Jiggenstown. This is see that they, they've been they've been slowly. It, there was a, they had this five year plan where they were slowly going to dismantle the um, their their process and their um, the amount of horses they had. I think that with that's finally you know coming coming to fruition. I mean that's probably a complete oxymoron, but um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I can. I can only see Gail to work going. What about what about conflated in the Gold Cup? Good chance. Does have a good chance. I I think there are four or five horses. There were Fury Fury Road in the Ryanair. Potentially a good horse. He's run well at Cheltenham before. Yeah, I'd only say that because there's just that chance. But that people have been mentioning about how Shishkin will have a good run, and then afterwards, not so sure. Uh, I, I I don't necessarily buy into that, but if you were, for you were able to have a chance. But well, think uh, think about it. Um, the season last season, he won the Clarence House twenty six days after winning the Desert Orchids, and this season he'll be running in the Ryanair twenty six days after winning well, the Ascot okay. Chase. So I don't see any reason why that would be a thing. I think people are just looking for an excuse, to be honest, aren't they? Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely trying to get bashing when you know, Shishkin was a horse that was you could see was not really being suited to two miles anymore anyway. Try, the trying crowd. to trying to uh, to hold the price up while they gather together all their uh, all their cash and lump on. Yes, but owners Munir, Connell, good land, good people. <laughs> <laughs> Are you interested? In I've, sto- I've stolen that. I will. I will just say, out of just I've stolen that from Andrew Blair White from Let's Talk Next. Yeah, Andrew, like, follow, subscribe. Um, <laughs> um, do you want to hear what I've come up with? Please, in, I'm excited. In, in, <laughs> is it JP? <laughs> so I've got. A, I've got a short prize favourite here. Uh, I've gone for uh, Mr. Zanna Ritchie. I think Lottie Mouth and. Allegory Devassi on the Friday. I I I I like it. I think I think it's a short price, but I think that's going to happen. I think Lossy Mouth in the Triumph 
think Blood Destiny's performance is slightly overrated. Um, and like a lot of people think, Lossy Mouth was an unlucky loser um, last time out, and I think will be uh, ridden more suitably this time. Allegory Devassi, people um, talk about the jumping. Joe Chambers, the racing manager uh, for the Riches, was on Nick Gluck's podcast, and he can explain it far better than I can, so go and give that a listen. But there aren't many concerns there. I've then gone for Mr. Bartlett, who is running Galvin and Statler at a slightly bigger price. I, th- I think Delta works a sure thing for cross country, but Galvin, um, ground dependent, it gets slightly quicker ground. I think he could really outpace Delta work. And Statler, good chance for the Gold Cup, showing consistent form, not always a winning horse, but he's got potential. And then I've gone for, as, as, I've, as I've mentioned, Caldwell Construction Limited are running Chemical Energy in the National Hunt Chase. And they've hey. got firm footings in the Martin Pyre. And I think that's going to be a, that's a, sure, <laughs> that's a surefire double. Get involved. Um, yeah, so those, those, are, those are my three at varying prices. And no one said JP. I mean, I kept saying it, and no, no one wanted but, to go with. <laughs> no, he, he's probably he could he could have five winners if he wanted to. And you and, and you and you, would, and you wouldn't know who after they're going to be. That's well, the Corbett, he's he's bought Corbett's Cross. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's he's bought a favourite for a race. So in in the Albert Butler, but well, so ooh, so ooh. so Scottish was also one he bought as well. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. JP, it's going to be JP. two favourites. Does what he wants. <laughs> He'll have John Bond as well. Well, that was uh, enlightening, I think, for our listeners. Uh, well, that and that is it. Thank you very much for listening. It's been an absolute cracker of a show. Hope you've enjoyed. We've got Sheldon Festival. It's so close now. We're so so excited. Next week we're going to have a load of shows out for you. We're going to be talking about going through our previews and also we'll have some bonus content for you. So keep an eye out for that. But thank you very much for listening, Jack. Thank you very much. Thank you, Josh. Thanking you. And listeners, thank you very much. See you next week. Bye-bye.